Joining us now from the Houston Chronicle, the Cougars beat writer Joseph Duarte. And great to have you with us, Joseph. And first thing I wanted to ask you about, because the the big thing was signing day in the last couple of weeks. And the Cougars, on most of the national publications, they had them in the late 60s as far as overall in the nation with the recruiting class. Uh, How much did the Tom Herman departure affect their recruiting class? I know they lost about three guys to him. And uh, how worried should Cougars fans be after, you know, not the greatest recruiting class after a couple of really good ones the last couple of seasons? Well, I mean, there was certainly a, a different vibe with the H-Town takeover 2.0 this time around. Uh, with Tom Herman leaving and then the, the kind of the logistics of when Major Applewhite was hired and the dead periods and when you can go out, they did have a lot of time up front, kind of had to do that mad dash to the finish over the final few weeks. And they ended up with about, I believe, 17 signees uh, going from the best class a year before in the 30s to, like you said, mid to late 60s. Uh, I thought they did a good job, especially at the end. They they got, I believe it was 10 of their, their signees in the last 10 days or so. A lot of them were heavy on the defensive side. The one that kind of gave the class a little jolt at the end was Brian Jones. He's the uh, four-star defensive lineman from Louisiana that I think if they look in the future and pairing him up with Ed Oliver the next two years, that could be a, a really good combination. Then they went and got another, probably if you've heard this before, another Don, Don Tyler, Tyler uh, Texas quarterback, uh, former, uh, not a teammate of Greg Ward Jr.'s, but uh, Bryson, excuse me, Bryson Smith uh, is yet another one to come out of that program so you know they went out and got some guys and again like you alluded to they had to fight off uh some late poachers namely tom herman who sold three of their their probably higher rated recruits so all in all i thought major applewhite getting the the coaching staff together as quickly as he had to and then uh sending them out on the road you know was able to make up some ground late where are they as far as their positions go? What 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 will this uh, graduating class, the the guys that have entered the draft, where where will that leave them the weakest uh, coming into this next year? Where where do they really need to see some guys step up? Well, linebacker for one, you know, you lose Stephen Taylor and you lose Tyus Bowser. Both of those guys were were huge parts of what you you've done over the last few years. And then in the secondary. You lose Brandon Wilson, which that was expected. He'll be going to the NFL Combine. And then the surprise departure of Howard Wilson, who decided to uh, to leave early and, and test the NFL waters. So on defense, those are the two areas. And then on the other side, it's not so much um, – you have numbers, but at quarterback, it's going to be some, some unproven uh, people coming in. You know, Kyle Allen has the, the seasons at Texas A&M. And it's considered the favor, but then you look at guys that they have like Bowman Sells and then a couple of injured guys and Kyle Postma and Derek King. So it's not so much not having the, the bodies there, it's just going to be able to sort through it and see what they come out of the spring with. Um, and really, other than that, you know, maybe finding one more receiver to replace Chance Allen, who, who's graduating. But Uh, A lot of the areas to watch will be on the defensive side starting in the spring. One of the things that Major Applewhite said that I thought was pretty interesting, and you wrote about this, that he plans to institute a policy, and and you put it in quotes, in order to protect ourselves, that will prevent commitments from taking late visits. 
what can he do? Because this is something that I'm sure a lot of programs would like to change what happens there because of all the coaching movement and guys doing the thing that things that they do to make it very difficult for coaches to try to, to get guys to commit themselves. What can he do? Well, I mean, it's certainly not enforceable and it's more program by program. I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Mac Brown towards the end at Texas uh, did that maybe once or twice, or maybe that was uh, something he had and instituted from, from most of the seniors can't remember, but, you know, it's it certainly, you know, it, if they had this in place, they would have kept two of their guys. Uh, one of them, Sam Cosby from Metastasita, ended up taking a late trip to uh, to Texas and, and ended up signing with the Longhorns. And then a Bel Air player, uh, a safety, ended up getting uh, a trip. So he went to Gainesville, Florida, and ended up signing with Florida. So those were two guys that they lost that really hurt them. So, you know, Major Applewhite can tell these guys, look, uh, if you submit it to us, you know, if you're going to take those visits, get them out of the way. Uh, we prefer you didn't, but if you're going to at least explore, do it early January because uh, if you try to do it that last week, they'll rescind the offer and go after somebody who, you know, that they can feel like they can use that scholarship on or who wants to be here. Because I think Major was getting at it. If you're not sure by then, then maybe you're not as committed to the program to begin with. And it'll just be interesting to see if, recruits and their families um, are cool with that or uh, if, if that becomes a, a bit of a sore spot for some. What's your impression so far of how he's filled out his staff, what he's done in, differently maybe than Tom Herman has? You know, what What's going to be different about the way he's doing things than Tom Herman? Or, or have you seen anything yet that's going to be a major, a major change maybe from what we've been used to the last couple of seasons? Well, you know, you look at uh, Tom Herman's staff, they hyped it up with all the the local experience, all the state experience. You know, there is some of that here, but a lot of it has branched out to other parts of the country uh, over the past several years. Uh, the, the one hire that immediately jumps out to me that I like is the offensive coordinator with Brian Johnson and, and just the history he's had not only as a quarterback at, at Utah, but uh, the success he had at Mississippi State and developing Dak Prescott. Uh, I thought that was a really good hire. The, the most recent one was with uh, Chris Selfo and, and his ties to you know Tulane as a head coach brings that head coaching experience that he can help uh, major with and, and working with the offensive line and you know he worked with Tony Gonzalez who was the perennial you know Pro Bowl tight end uh, guys like that and then you know I think there's there's always one questionable one and uh, I'm interested to see what defensive coordinator Marciano Frio brings he, he really did not you know have the numbers at Miami. You know, he did a really good job at, at Temple, but uh, hadn't found too many Miami fans that were <laughs> that were too excited about his his tenure there. So I think that'll be uh, an area to watch. But r- really, it's just a matter of how will this group come together and mesh because that, that Tom Herman staff, say what you want about how they left, abruptly when you put them all together it clicked really really well that scares me a little bit when you say that joseph because i i think the defensive coordinator for a major apple white coach team seems like the would be the most important hire just like with tom herman him him getting todd orlando was such a big deal and it, it is and i'll say this you know major apple white did call todd orlando to discuss the position he uh i think major calmed some nerves 
early on by saying, look, we're, we're not going to mess with something that's not broken. The, the intent isn't to bring a guy in and completely change the scheme. You know, Mark Giannafrio, even Joe Tay, you know, uh, some of those Ed Oliver plays that he made last year, we're just going to keep running those over and over again. So I think he gets it. He, he doesn't, other than terminology and language, doesn't feel like they're going to just come in and do a massive overhaul. And I think that that was something that Major Applewhite wanted to make clear early on. But Todd Orlando did, uh, I don't think did his blessing, but certainly recommended uh, Deanna Frio as, as the guy. And, and, and Major Applewhite was pretty clear and said, hey, look, he wasn't our you know, first guy we interviewed, but once they started going down the list of three and four and five guys, you know, they felt that he was the guy that they could move forward with. Well, I want to switch gears with you because uh, I want to talk a little bit of the Cougar basketball and their RPI right now is 57, 58. My question is, you know, Kelvin Sampson, it seems like you, you're at the point where you want to see the Cougars make an NCAA tournament. We, you want to see that happen. You want to see this team start to get to that next level. He's got him to the level where they're they, they're putting up decent wins every year, but the tournament is how you know you measure these guys. What are you seeing from the Cougar basketball program, and can they get in this season? There's so many great storylines. I mean, this is a program with the history, and, and it should be a regular in the NCAA tournament. And it really took steps back, and then you have Kelvin Sampson come in, and he's got the history of what he's done. You know, places like Oklahoma, and, and even for a short stay at at Indiana, uh, where getting them back in the tournament would, would do so much for this area. And then you look at the, the, the players that come out of Houston alone every year and the possibility that they would stay home uh, if, if Houston were to develop a team that would annually play in the NCAA tournament. So it's endless for this program. And once they get back in the tournament, what kind of jumpstart that would do for them. But certainly it, it's interesting, a couple of maybe about a month ago when they were coming in the conference player has just started to see them as a bubble team, one of those first four in or first four out. Uh, I even saw them in a play-in game by, by one of the big forecasters. Uh, it was different because you don't see that happen very much, and especially in what they had to do when Kelvin Sampson got here and essentially uh, rebuilt this. It wasn't a, uh, you know, putting a few pieces together. They had to start from scratch all over again. So, you know, they're still, to me, being in that 55, 57 range are not quite the definition of a bubble yet because I think they still have some work to do. And certainly uh, this coming up game with SMU, who jumped to 19 this week, they have one against Cincinnati on the road. They're 18th. You still have a UConn. Uh, I believe you still played Memphis. So you've, you've got a, some chances. And if you win out, you're in that 23-24 win category. That starts to get people's attention. You'll have a couple of top 20 wins. And I think if you win one, maybe two at the conference tournament, that gets you in with, you know, 25, 26 wins. So certainly work to do. But this five-game winning streak they're on right now uh, has been a good turnaround after a a really tough, uh, you know, middle of January. Two things really would change the game for them. I assume Kelvin Sampson – is going to be given the chance to keep going because that that new arena is just around the corner. That's going to help recruiting. 
but he needs that H-Town takeover guy. He needs the Ed Oliver, the De'Aaron Fox maybe of Houston to come in and really change the perception of the basketball program, doesn't he? Yeah, they, they do. And the last couple of years, uh, they, they bit in on some kids that, that are local that they thought maybe had a chance and, and it just didn't work out. And the one that wasn't local, that they were in till the end. Jared Allen, he's starting for the Texas Longhorns right now, would have been a, you know, I think many people think he's probably a one and done, but it would have been a guy that gave them some uh, some street cred. But, you know, this program, you look at it and people will tell you for maybe the last two decades, they, they just have not be able, been able to lure a big man to come in and, and give them that dominating inside presence. And, you know, you saw what happened this year without, uh, Devin Davis, he was their, their transfer that came in and was supposed to be kind of their tough guy in the middle. And he had that really uh, excruciating foot injury that kept him out, you know, almost or at least six weeks, I believe. And it just did things to them. They started to have to do what they always had to do and move people around, play them out of position, play smaller lineups. And it just really hurt them. It caught up with them from what they could do with their bench and and people that just weren't weren't in their normal role. So uh, things like that would definitely help this program if they can establish a a pipeline or get at least one of the, the city's good kids uh, every year. You know, they have one. Fabian White is a local kid out of Atasca City. I believe he's six eight or so. He'll come in next year. Uh, but but there's still you know there's no knock on that guy. But you know they're going to have to eventually go out and try to get them a really really big guy. Yeah, and Fabian, I've seen Fabian play a little bit this year, and he looks okay. Doesn't look like that game-changing guy, but I, I think that's that's not a major statement to make. And just want to remind everybody that you can, you know, keep up with all the stuff that's going on with the Cougars with Joseph Jorte. Go to the Chronicle, uh, go pick up a paper, obviously, but also on Cron dot com. And Joseph, I assume, uh, just the last thing, you, you're probably working on some stuff this week as we're we're approaching. Is there a couple of guys in the in the in the uh, regional combine here in Houston? that are uh, from the Cougar program. We're going to see a couple of those guys. And as we head towards the draft, I'm sure you're going to be profiling some of that, what's going on there, right? Yeah, you've got Greg Ward Jr., Tyus Bowser, and and Brandon Wilson all heading to the combine. And then, you know, you're a couple days away from baseball starting up. They have uh, left-hander Seth Romero. He's the top of the uh, the rotation. I was just looking at the projections. There's a couple of major websites that had him going among the top 25 picks. And, and the uh, the draft this year, which would put him in the first round. So a lot of things going on, and, and uh, you know, softball just came off of a huge series, well, uh, season opening tournament. Shelby Miller hit four home runs. So uh, <laughs> when you're getting that kind of power right off the gate, that that's, uh, takes me back to my Mark, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa covering days <laughs> of uh, the 98 home run chase. So I'll have to go check her out sometime soon. <laughs> Yeah, you might need a checker locker. I don't know. There was some, some shady stuff going on back there. Hey, Joseph, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate you taking the time. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net. Talk.net.